Hi everyone, welcome back uh, to another episode of the Insurance Couch. Um, Oli, how are you this fine morning? I am very, feeling very comfortable on our couch, Nick. Although and it's actually, thousands of miles uh, apart from each other. And only on my end, it's the morning. <laughs> I just realized. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, um, great. So um, for today, we've um, picked um, what we thought was yet another um, interesting, um, interesting topic. And it's about um, financing custom acquisition costs, or um, as we might call it, CAC, C-A-C, um, in the meantime. And um, this was something that um, the original discussion between Ollie and I was triggered um, a few days ago on an article that both of us read um, probably two, three months ago. Yeah. And the article said, uh, lemonade turns to synthetic agents to finance growth. So first of all, cool headline. Absolutely. What the hell is a synthetic agent? You know, I thought, wow, is this another AI example? It turns out it's not. Uh, it's plain, simple financing of customer acquisition costs. Um, and before we jump in, I'll um, read something out of the press release about what they define um, under this. And then um, Oli can help us dissect, uh, you know, the, um, you know, what's, what's, what's new and what is just uh, uh, old wine in new bottles. Um, so under the program, which will commence on July 1st, 2023, General Catalyst, um, a VC company, through its customer value platform, will finance up to 80% of all Lemonade's customer acquisition costs, and in return will receive a synthetic commission of up to 16% of the stream of premiums they helped finance. Once GC has recovered their investment and capped return on any one cohort, the remaining lifetime value of the customers from that cohort accrues to Lemonade entirely and forever. So um, with that in mind, Oli, what are your thoughts when, you know, hearing this news, when you read this, what was going through your mind? A lot of things. Obviously, it, it sounds very cool. Um, so first thing when I when I've read through the the, the document, uh, the press release or whatever that was, um, is okay. Well, we we've seen that before, right? It's it's uh, what we call customer acquisition cost financing. We know it from life and health insurance mainly, but it's been it's been done for for decades. Um, so um, not not really new. Second reaction: Whoa, how cool can investor relations and and communication be in marketing right um and storytelling in insurance i mean we're, we're not really good at, at telling stories in, as insurance companies and you know how great is lemonade at that um so they invented a whole new concept a new name with the synthetic agent um, around a concept that's been that's been there for I, I didn't say forever but for a couple of decades at least um so super cool storytelling um i i guess it's uh, not not every investor will probably look through the 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 fact that you know that's, that's been around for quite a while um third reaction was whoa that seems pretty expensive um so um you said the the, the 16 of the gwp of any cohort being paid to the investor um do you see and um, it's kept at a 16 percent there's, there's 16 twice unfortunately at a 16 percent internal re rate of return so um, of the money GC gives to Lemonade, they calculate an internal return, an interest rate, basically. And once that interest rate has reached 16%, so you, you repay plus you pay 16% of interest rate, that that payment stops. Um, that's, you know, traditionally that's been done in a, in a bit of a different way, but, you know, similar thoughts. So I thought, whoa, 16%. 
although that's probably not the 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 intended interest rate it's a maximum interest rate so it's capped at 16 i guess the expected interest rate will be lower um but it sounds fairly expensive because from from the market you know we've, we've seen we, we know deals at around seven to eight percent internal rate of return so 16 would be more than double of the the, the average um so i thought well that that sounds a bit of expensive um but hey um it's, it's a fast deal for them so the future deals might be cheaper um and, you know, the fourth reaction, there were, there were a lot of um, KPIs coming with their press release. Um, among others, they said they have a, an excess of, of three times lifetime customer value to customer acquisition cost. That seems fairly high, um, given given this, the situation Lemonade is in. Maybe they will reach that at the end of a lot of optimization measures, but they're clearly not there yet, I guess. Um, they also were mentioning a payback time of two years. So you finance... 80 or 100% of your CAC upfront. And then through the 16% recurring commission, you pay back that upfront payment, um, uh, CAC payment in two years from now. That sounds very, very short. So either they have super high profitability or super high um, um, lifetime customer value, and especially in the first two years, or their CAC is super low, which which doesn't seem to be the case if I read through the the annual report. So those were my initial reactions by by reading it. But but clearly, you know, you have to give the guys credit once again for for um, you know packaging a a concept into words that that we haven't seen before in in our industry. Okay, um, and would you so? Could you maybe go a little bit around and and you're right. It's, unfortunately, it's both sixteen percent, right? So sixteen yes. percent is is, um, you know, like my understanding, it's it's like a sixteen percent commission. Um, yes. that but other than a normal commission that goes for the lifetime of a customer, you know, what they say once they've reached the internal rate of return of sixteen percent on the capital deployed, that that goes up. So, um, the the lifetime commission, um, ideally, you know, is is probably might be lower. They're probably calculated as being lower than than sixteen percent. Um, but could you maybe um, elaborate a little bit on, you know, the expected rates of return on the portfolio? About the, um, you know, what does this mean um, for both the either the insurer and or the investor with these with these numbers uh just in terms of um, how to benchmark that against what they usually do yeah i mean the concept is is actually fairly simple right the 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 determining factor for this deal to be profitable or unprofitable for both sides is the churn ratio um, because as you said you know you only get the 16% in the lemonade case 16% um, commission on the remaining business. So if you get in 100 contracts and in the first year, 20 of those contracts get canceled um, and churn, now in the second year, the, the investor only gets the 16% on the remaining 80 contracts. And so, you know, the higher the churn, the, the less um, um, profitable it is for the investor and the lower the churn, the less profitable it is for the insurer because then you pay a lot of commission on a business that's super stable and doesn't churn, let's say that it doesn't churn at all, then you pay you know much higher commission than you than originally thought up to the cap that they've that, that, that they've uh, installed, right? That's what I thought. So I, I thought <clears throat> I thought that it it's a question because you have the cap, it's almost if you have a higher churn, you you pay the remaining for a longer period of time. Yes. Um, and you know, if the cohort dies out, right, then it's 
game over. Then, yeah. Um, and they they can in 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 theory, right? Um, um, and that will impact massively the internal rate of return because that is benchmarked against the time horizon. Correct. Um, but for the um, for the insurer, if the churn is much lower, um, I would have thought that they'll hit the cap sooner and kind of come into their lifetime. Um, come into their lifetime. You know, now we'll get it for, into forever. So that that was. So does it? That was what I was thinking. That for the insurer. It is more of a question that the the churn or the lifetime is the key asset around it. Um, and for the um, the bigger problem is for the for the investor, because for them making a return over a longer period of time um, massively impacts their performance metrics. Whilst for the insurer, it doesn't really that much because if they um, pay it back sooner. Um, they'll get they'll get higher higher profitability later down the line, um, but maybe I'm missing the point here. No, no, that, that's absolutely correct. So both basically both sides have have a limit, right? Um, if, yeah. if if everybody churns a day after signing the contract, you know that's that's obviously the minimum return for the investor. Then they get back nothing; they lose everything basically. That's a super extreme example. And for 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 the insurer in this case, Lemonade, you know, sixteen percent is the max of, of IRR of interest rate is the maximum you pay. Having said that, I'm pretty sure that Lemonade hasn't calculated with 16% in their business case. So they hand in a business case to the regulator and, and, and to, to investors. And I'm sure they probably calculated with seven or 8%, which is market standard. And so getting this seven or 8% to 16% because your churn is lower than expected makes a difference in your in, in your business plan, right? So mm -hmm. it's it's it, it it will be a it will be a you know a, a a bad thing for them in in terms of you know how do they perform versus their their their, their business case which probably has eight or nine or twelve percent in it but not sixteen right so both both sides can lose but can also win okay understood and it and it's clear that and and, and we're sure they probably used a spreadsheet to to make these deals <laughs> I hope so <laughs> I, um so so you've 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 and 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 but the key thing it's about lifetime or churn, which is you know the the, the invert of, of of both. Um, and so you've already alluded that these programs have been around before. Um, can you elaborate a little bit on on that and and maybe also if any is actually novel, um, of what Lemonade is doing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the concept comes from life and health insurance because globally in, in many, many markets, um, life and health insurance is sold for a one-off commission um, almost through every distribution channel, no matter if it's online or agents or brokers or bank partners or other partners, you typically receive a one-off commission as a, as a distribution partner or as Google or Facebook or whoever, whoever gets the, the marketing expense of direct insurance. Um, and so it's always been a problem for life and health insurers. You know, if you grow strongly, uh, you need a lot of cash. Um, and so um, a couple of decades ago, you know, reinsurers actually came up with the idea, hey, you know, we 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 diversify, we do a lot of other business as well. And so we can actually, it's, it might be easier for us to take some of that custom acquisition cost upfront 
Um, and so, yes, we offer you to pay that, to, to pay that for you. Um, it probably started at around 50%, so it's half of the customer acquisition cost. And in exchange, you know, we want some participation on future GWP, gross written premium. That's when it first came up. Um, then a couple of years later, debt investment funds um, had the idea, hey, this is, you know, this seems a very stable and good to calculate cash flow once your churn ratio is low, which happily is fairly low and predictable in health and life insurance, right? Hardly any health insured people switch their health insurance after five years or so because you know it's their, their health deteriorates. So it's it's a good to calculate churn ratio in health and life. And so the investment funds had the idea, hey, let's let's you know get into competition with three insurers and let's offer the same function to insurers. So they said, okay, here's an SPV, a special purpose vehicle. We set that up. Um, we fuel that with with funding um, and you take you know, the funding of that special purpose vehicle and you pay parts of full, uh, your, your customer acquisition costs in full. Um, and, and again, we get parts of the of the future GWP, gross written premium. Um, and so that's been around for, for quite a while. Um, some banks have joined in, but yeah, that's, that's basically the been the traditional thing. Lately, um, probably last, I'd say five to 10 years or so, some PNC insurers copied the concept, mainly those PNC insurers that were uh, selling online, because other than brokers, agents, banks, and other distribution partners, which for P for most in most countries, in most markets, for P insurance, insurance um, they get a, re a, a recurring commission um, for many, many reasons, but you know, that's been that's been standard in many markets. If you sell online direct, you know you pay basically Google, Facebook, and other uh, lead generators to get in your business. So, so for the for the mainly online direct selling PNC businesses, the the typical PNC recurring commission scheme wasn't wasn't there all of a sudden, and all of a sudden they had the same problem than life and health insurers with big upfront payments for growth. And so, you know, they they turned into the same uh, into the same uh, to the same to the same solution. What's a bit more difficult is, you know, the churn ratio is less um, let's say less constant, less predictable uh, in PNC. You know, we've seen the large you know campaigns of you know I want to win this customers. So it's it's a bit less um, less stable, let's say, um, which probably leads to the sixteen percent instead of the seven percent that that we see in the life and health market. So. Is it novel what what um what Lemonade does? Yeah, I mean they're they're in a in a fairly young segment of that CAC financing um, in terms of PNC online insurers. Um, they've not been the first, but probably among the I don't know 10, 20 percent, uh, 10, 20 first in the in 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 the history of PNC CAC refinancing. Um, and what's what's mainly novel about the concept is how they sell it, right? So nobody has thought about calling this a synthetic agent and 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 building this entire story of you know we keep the customer and 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 yet it's finance. We don't need the cash. So it's a huge story around around the concept. And in the PNC space, they're probably among the first twenty to implement this. Hmm. Would you how how are what are some key aspects, um, and you've alluded to to some of how to structure these deals? You know, what yeah. what 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 do you need to define as a, as some key metrics? Yeah, there's two things that that all of these programs have in common. Number one, there's a a party outside of the insurance company that finances parts or all or even more than all of the CAC. We've actually seen deals where the the financing partner finances 120 percent of the CAC 
which is basically you know covering for for other aspects of of growth as well you know you need more, more regulatory capital you need more people in the back office so so we've seen those deals going up to 120 percent of cac refinancing right so some party outside your insurance company finances is why outside because if you have to consolidate the financing um, facility you know the 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 debt nets out basically and so you you you, uh, you know in, in netting effect if you consolidate your your balance sheets it's it's still a one off payment so it needs to be outside sometimes it's sister companies or in lemonade's case is a is a subsidiary of this uh, gc uh, venture capital fund so it needs to be outside um and it needs to be it needs to finance x percent x going up to 120 percent of your customer acquisition cost in a specific period could be a month could be a quarter could be a year could be a decade it needs a specific period yeah and um, are there any um you know sounds a little like off balance sheeting <laughs> um are there are there any regulatory constraints when setting up these things um because Yes, because <laughs> the regulator may, might 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 care because you're putting things off balance sheet. Yeah, I mean it's 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 insurance regulations when you when your partner is a reinsurance company because they're regulated by the mm -hmm. same regulator. Um, if your if your partner is outside the insurance industry, regulation is different, right? So typically, what happens with uh, debt cap capital funds is they again they set up a, a special purpose vehicle. Um, this special purpose vehicle, and we come to that in a minute, typically has an agent's status. Um, um, and then this in, you know, they, they they pour money into that special purpose vehicle, which is allowed to take on debt, which you as an insurance company are typically not. Uh, okay, um, so ba uh, so basically from and that's maybe why they call it synthetic agents. So the special pub, the the financing firm sets up an insurance intermediary, an agent. That Correct. becomes an agent of the insurance company, um, and they'll have some form of. So they don't actually have a financing agreement, the insurer and this agent company. They just have a distribution agreement. Correct. And and so in the back, what actually happens is a financing agreement. Correct. Correct. So that, because that's the second point that's common to all of those agreements um, is, you know, I, I pay you upfront, and what I get back from you is a, a recurring commission on your business. And we all know that commissions are typically paid based on GWP, could be based on, on profitability or whatever, but it's typically ba based on GWP. And so that's the deal. Yeah, that, can, that cannot, there must not be a fixed repayment schedule because then it would be a loan. It would be, be determined a loan by the insurance regulator. And you can't easily take loans in many in many jurisdictions. You can't even not take loans as an insurance company. Um, and so it needs to be a commission agreement. And so for that reason, the party you're doing the deal with typically has a, an agent status and receives commissions, right? Um, as as anybody else, you know, if if customers churn, you then you don't receive recurring commissions for that customer anymore. So it's uh, absolutely so that's basically that special purpose vehicle has an agreement with the insurance company on a recurring commission scheme. Mm -hmm. And at the same time makes agreements with distribution partners, your real agents or your real brokers or your real bank partners telling them, okay, if you sell this or, or Google or Facebook in this case, uh, in, if you sell this, you know, yeah. I give you X upfront. So they have two two commitments and they actually need financing, right? Because they pay out a lot of yes. in case of growth. They only get it back over over course of time. And so they need financing and those guys are financed as well. And as, a, as, a, as an agent, it's totally legal in most jurisdictions again to, um, to take a loan. 
from somebody. Yeah. Okay. No, understood. That makes sense because in a, in a way you as an insurance company don't know how much leverage your broker, your, um, you know, PE back broker currently has on the, on the books, you know, okay. Perfect. Understood. understood. Ah, that's very interesting. Um, oh. And so there's a couple of, and then, then there's, you know, beyond these two factors, you know, I pay you upfront. Um, I have that, that contract with you and you pay me back in commissions. That's the two, the two, two things that are set us in stone. And then, you know, it's, it's a risk return um, um, deliberation. So you can, you can, you know, come up with, with different additional aspects in a contract. Typically, historically, you've not limited the, the commission payments to a 16% internal, uh, internal rate of return as Lemonade did, but you typically um, limited it to number of years. So typically an insurance reinsurance contract would involve five years of, of repayment in life and health, right? So you pay my, my CAC upfront, I give you X percent commissions for the first five years of that cohort. Whatever's left in that cohort after five years is mine without paying any commissions to you. Lemony decided to go another way. They limited it to a 16% IRR cap, which, as you said before, you know, could be a longer or shorter time. They didn't, they didn't limit it to a number of years. I guess the reason is that they cannot yet predict with a small um, um, volatility their churn ratio. Right. If you yeah. can predict that very, very uh, meaningfully, then, you know, setting a limit on the number of years you pay the commission is fairly safe for both parties. If that if that trend fluctuates right quite a bit, then probably, you know, setting it at a 16 or whatever percent internal rate of return is probably more sensible. You could you could discuss um, collateral um, and other things, but that's that's add ons. Right. Typically, you know, what you always have is those two factors. You pay me up front and I pay you back in commissions. Do you have a just out of out of interest? Do you have a feeling at um, what type of volume you would imagine one would have to think about in terms of making the transactional costs of something like that work? Right? Are we told? Does this start with a million, five million, ten million, fifty, a hundred? You know, what's the? Because you know this sounds very simple, but you know, SPVs, agency, all these. You know, there's there's um, there's certain transactional elements to it. Depending on who you talk to, there's certain hurdle rates, and and just you know. Um, how much over a given time period CAC you would imagine would be worth even thinking about? Um, that's a good question. In If you choose a reinsurance as your partner, which doesn't have to set up the SPV, it's just a, a plain vanilla reinsurance contract. I pay you up front, you pay me back, you know, um, X percent of the GWP. That's not called commission. Well, it's called reinsurance commission then um, for five years. Um, that actually starts at very low volumes. Mm -hmm. So they could even go with below a million if they want to, to you know, finance a newly installed life for health or even and, insurer. And it'll be part of a very likely existing or start of a newer relationship, right? They'll have Correct. like... Um, we know from this cross-selling and upselling ambitions Absolutely. on this and okay, understood. Yeah. Absolutely. It's also typically part of, of a bigger deal where the reinsurer takes over longevity or mortality risks. Um, so it's typically given to the same reinsurer. Um, so that's number one. If if you if you're turning towards um debt capital funds or providers, banks, you know, it depends on the on the offering, but we we've seen funds and banks starting this offer at 20 million commissions per year. Um, some go up to 50 million. And I know one participant in the market, uh, probably the biggest participant in the market, starts at 100 million commissions. 
at least in the business plan. It doesn't have to be the first year, but you need to, to have a business plan where you go up to 100 million of commission, which, you know, if, in life insurance, you typically pay one you know, one year gross written premium as a commission to to um, your, your partners. Life insurance can go up to 1.8. Um, so we're talking new business of between 50 and 100 million per year, which sounds a lot obviously to startups, but is, uh, is typically not. And we're talking gross, right? So that's a gross um, growth, not the net growth uh, minus minus uh, churn because, you, mm -hmm. you know, you get it on all the new contracts gross. So, you know, you need between, let's say, 50 and 100 for smaller partners, probably 20, 10 to 20 million of new business GWP every year. Okay. Okay. Um, what are the benefits and drawbacks, you know, in, in, in general of this model, um, in your view? I mean, it's it's clearly a, a, a growth financing. Um, so if you're an insurance company and you have um, you know big opportunities in terms of sales distribution channels in front of you, you can't put up the cash um, because you're not well funded and you can't refund, um, then this is obviously an, an opportunity to debt finance your growth. Um, and I call it debt finance, although you know the repayment obviously is is, is commission, but it's it's kind of a debt. Um, and so. You know, if you don't have the PL or the cash to finance your growth, that's a that's a possibility to do it. Um for, for debt capital providers, that's obviously a fairly good return, you know, seven to eight percent market average on a fairly stable portfolio. Again, if you can if you can in a narrow band estimate the 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 churn ratios. So if that's insurance been around for quite a while and has very constant churn ratios, then it's it's actually a fairly safe return. That's why the, the debt capital providers jumped on the bandwagon. Um, obviously, the, you know, the downside for, for you as an investor is if churn is really higher than you expected, um, then that's a bad thing. If, if during the, the agreement, which again, typically is five years, uh, in Lemonade's case, it's, it's the number of years is open. But if in, in during that period, the refinancing rate, because you typically have to refinance yourself as well, is, is increasing like, like today, you know? That obviously, but that's that's with any loan, basically, right? If your financing is increasing, you haven't fixed your refinancing, but your financing refinancing is um, is short term, then obviously you run the risk of uh, of, of interest rates changes. Um, but yeah, the main risk is is uh, is generation. You could think that you know if if the insurer places the risk or puts the risk of of higher churn to a financing partner, you could you know if your if your if your brain works that way, you could think that the insurer might not put enough effort into, re into reducing churn or limiting churn. We haven't seen that in the market though. Having said that, you know, we haven't, we haven't experienced that in the market. And for you as an insurer, I mean, the, the downside is basically, you know, it's, it's good in high growth scenarios, but it's, it's, it really haunts you in, in low growth or even uh, decreasing um, or shrinking scenarios. So imagine, you know, you're, you're buying a house um, and you're, you're financing that with a mortgage. You know, if your income gets bigger and bigger and bigger, um, you know, you, you get promoted, um, I don't know, you get to a better job or so, you know, you find it very easy to repay the the, the payments on your on your mortgage, right? But, you know, if you get fired and you only find a job with less salary or, you know, you get sick um, or, you know, a child is born and you reduce your, your amount of work, you'll find it fairly hard to repay the the the, the loan repayments, right? The loan payments, Um and so same thing with this, right? If your business volume decreases, your DWP decreases for, for any reason, then the payments on past year's strong growth 
seem very high given your your current business right um and and as long as you grow ideally exponentially you know you actually outgrow those those payments of the past again if, if, if it's five-year payments you're basically paying tranches of the last five years growth in that in any particular year right if if the last five years growth was much bigger than in this year the actual year you're actually paying higher tranches that you would have paid uh, in mm -hmm. the actual year if you wouldn't have financed it right um but if you're if you're tranche this year is bigger than the average of the past five-year growth tranches then it seems it's you know it seems easy to repay for you but um as in many cases you know repayment gets harder when when you stop growing or even shrinking your business and and so because it's it's um if i'm if i understood correctly whilst you know you cannot default on this because it's not a fixed repayment nope. um however um your um your your average commission cost across your portfolio over the subsequent years in relative terms becomes bigger and so that impacts your combined ratio on something that you've um on, on kind of old growth right because you have those tranches kind of kind of fixed and if they have a higher percentage of your total growth and they have these recurring uh payments let's say you know these ongoing 16 percent then um it it becomes bigger and relative terms and that low you know because you you don't have a problem if i understood of repaying them because it's not a loan right it's just right. how to how your combined ratio in that year looks because you need to carry through higher uh sales costs and that has an impact correct correct and and is it as long as you don't grow exponentially it's basically a one-off effect it's like you know um getting a, a a loan on your warehouse or whatever right so so let's say you're a hundred-year-old company. You've always financed your CAC upfront so far. Now you decide to you know, refinance your CAC. So in the next five years, you will have a super positive effect, because the only thing you do is you pay twenty a twenty percent branch on the on the last five years. So in the first year, actually after this decision, you only pay twenty percent or whatever yeah. back on the the on this on this year's tranche. Second year, you pay twice two times twenty uh, percent and so on. So you have a five-year decreasing positive cash flow effect. Now um, you said correctly you did you can't default, but what can happen is that your your churn numbers are so bad that not only your current financing partner but also everybody else in the market knows that your churn ratio is bad and nobody gives you a deal anymore after you know your five year contract runs out. And what then happens is the, is the contrary effect. Then you have a super negative um, cash flow effect because not only do you pay for tranches of the five past years of growth you pay the full upfront cac commission in this year because nobody else is giving you the deal and so that could actually lead to an insolvency it's not the it's not the deal you've signed it's the fact that the deal ends and nobody else is taking it over that can endanger you as an insurance company or you or you don't grow, grow anymore you don't <laughs> true <laughs> Then again, right. then again, it's a slow growth, right? Then, then yeah. your 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 P and L gets gets in disorder because again, you don't grow, meaning with the churn you shrink the business. You still pay five years prior high growth rates, mm -hmm. um, so that's not as bad as as still growing, but it's still it still will will hurt you in in terms of P and L numbers. So, so again, I think I think what I'm hearing here is, I think it sounds like a you know, like any debt instrument. Um, 
it sounds good if you know after interest and principal payments you have more than you would otherwise get i think that's just yes. the, this hasn't hasn't changed <laughs> you know nope. so debt isn't good or debt isn't bad but you need to know what you're getting yourself into um and it clearly makes sense to um one run through some scenarios for yourself of what these impacts are because at least for my you know, a uh, simple brain, um, I would need, I need a spreadsheet and, you know, I, I would need to see these things because I find it um, a bit tough in, in the morning for me right now uh, to kind of uh, make these things visible in my mind. And then it also seems to make sense to shop around because you have different providers with different deals. So it's, it's, it's not a commoditized market. Right, it's not as easy to probably compare and contrast some of these some of these deals. Um, and um, okay, makes sense to spend some time figuring these things out. Understood. Mm. What? So, who would you say these? And you've alluded to these things, but it's a, so. Who would you say these things are for? You know, who should? What type of company? What type of insurer? What type of even intermediary? should should look at these things well in principle everybody with high upfront costs to win new customers um and at the same time a fairly predictable cash flow from this customers mm -hmm. um that 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 are one and in, again in life and health insurance what typically happens in most markets in in the world is you are an intermediary, you're a, a sales channel, um, you spend money to win customers, but you know, a couple of weeks or, or maximum months later, if you convert this customer into a life insurance or health insurance contract, you get the money from the insurance company. So you have a minimum, and, and it's a one-off payment typically, right? So you have a, a two month, maybe six week or so gap between your investment into let's say Google or, or Facebook or whatever, and the repayment of a hopefully higher amount of the, of the um, partner, uh, life insurance or health insurance partner. So typically those intermediaries wouldn't need such an instrument. Um, in this case, insurers would need such an instrument. If you're a broker or an agent and you're selling mainly PNC insurance, you will still have the upfront task of winning customers, which costs you money, but you're rewarded only over time by your insurance partners, right? So in this case, it could make sense for you as a broker or agent or bank or whatever um, to, to refinance these customer acquisition costs because you know pretty sure you know, that you know, this amount of recurring commissions is flowing in from your insurance partner or another insurance partner if you, if you switch uh, the, the customer to another insurance partner. So Typically, you know, you you could do the same thing. Um, it doesn't make, make sense if you're a life or health insurance focused um, intermediary, but if you're purely focused on PNC that, that and you're strongly growing, that could make sense. Would you say this is has has this done out of out of curiosity? Has this been done in commercial insurance or more in retail? I mean, this is well. I, I, Life insurance and health insurers have um, have pre-financed well have, have pre-financed their their CACs across their their portfolio. So yep. if you're talking Swiss life in Switzerland, for example, I guess eighty percent of their portfolio is is uh, corporate, 
um, because you have the the pillar two is very strong in Switzerland. So you typically have a have a pension fund of your of your employer. And so once they, I, I'm not sure if they're doing it right, but what should they do it? They probably refinance eighty percent of that uh, in in terms of corporate. Um, in other countries, life insurance and health insurance are, are, are very retail focused. Um, so that could be different. In France, you know, health insurance is fairly corporate focused. Uh, you typically insure through your employer. And so I can imagine if, if you do that in France, you know, you're typically financing um, uh, um, um, yeah, not retail business, but corporate business. So I guess it's it's depending on your business. You can you can do it with both with both segments. Okay. Because I was I was just thinking um about you know commercial you know we've covered this in a different uh podcast as well you know commercial insurance brokers are being consolidated by pe etc because they have these uh recurring commission deals uh you know um hopefully with a predictable churn etc but maybe not everyone wants to sell um, but some people might want to grow. So do you think this could actually be an instrument for, um, let's say, commercial brokers who want to use some of their recurring commission to finance future growth or to finance um, certain investments? Or is this instrument not geared for that or in include certain downsides that I'm oversimplifying here? No, I mean you're not oversimplifying. It's again, if if you're if you're, you need to grow fairly fast in order to to make this a good deal for you, right? Because you pay this interest rate, eight percent yeah. or whatever, up to sixteen percent in Lemonade's case. And so, if you're a steady state company, you mm -hmm. know, paying I don't know a hundred in customer acquisition costs every year because you know you get a hundred new customers and every customer is a, is a euro per year or so, you know, and then you switch um, to to financing and you keep growing at a hundred, right? It's the same thing except for the interest rate you pay. So it's actually a, a deal that doesn't make sense for you. You know, it's the same cash out after five years, um, if it's a five-year deal, right? Uh, plus plus the interest rate. So you need strong growth in order to to make this a meaningful deal for a longer period of time. Um, we don't see. I mean, you you need at least probably at least 20, 30, 40 percent annual growth in order to make this a, a good deal. We don't see that very often in the market, right? Not, mm -hmm. not especially not probably with corporate with corporate brokers. Now, you, if you look to another another um, um, situation, which is what if you want to buy another competitor? And, you know, as we've said, you know, even with, with constant growth rates, it's a short-term up to five-year effect on your, on your liquidity, which, of course, you can use to buy a competitor. So, uh, but it's a one-off effect, right? Um, after five years, that effect, if you don't grow strongly, after five years, that effect is not only run out, but it's actually a bit more positive than than today because you still pay the interest rate to the reinsurance company or the or the fund. Um, but you know, this this interest rate could make sense if you can actually buy a very profitable competitor at a at a decent price. So yes, it is a way um, if you have a, an acquisition target in front of you or or any other growth um, opportunity to finance this growth opportunity over the course of the next x years um which again then then it runs out then you can actually make the same deal for the, the for the acquired partner which gives you another five years on the acquired portfolio but you know that's that's basically what i mean that's absolutely possible but we haven't seen that in that form we haven't seen that yet in the brokerage business um they typically get funded by pure debt um with a fixed repayment schedule again they can mm -hmm. take that that's not a problem for them um, or we have seen from you know by by um, PE investments or so. Um, so I haven't seen many of those 
tech refinancing deals in order to pay the, the lump sum for, for another broker yet. And and I think what you would want is you would want to have some form of direct marketing machine where you have where you can have a reasonable view if I now double my spend, something happens, which is if, if in sales it's it's not as direct, right? Um so I can see how um you would want to have a little bit more clarity and that seems to work much easier in kind of direct marketing growth engines um where you can actually crank it up um whereas in in kind of b2b sales certain and corporate sales it's just much harder to crank up your growth as easily because they acquire customers in a different way right yes um now if you were a um if you were to advise a ceo of an insurance company who um is being asked, you know, by their head of direct sales or something, you know, let's, there's all this growth that's lying around, um, you know, let's, let's, let's finance this, uh, you know, either give me more money or let's, let's kind of finance this because this could be really, really good. Uh, what would you, what would you advise such an insurance CEO who, who themselves are looking to, you know, accelerate growth? Um, um, what would be your advice? Well, if, if you have, growth opportunities ahead of you in front of you um that you would love to sign because they're generating profitable business but you you just cannot finance because they want upfront commissions right uh, if you let's say have, have a big i know banking partner you know that you know contract with, with a competitive insurance runs out you you would be able to sign that bank huge bank in your country um but they want upfront payments they typically want to Shelf, shelf money, but, but uh, let's say they, they only want upfront payments to sell life insurance for you, and you just just don't have the cash. You know, then that could be that could be a good a good opportunity to to win that big partner um, of yours and 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 increase your your business, right? Um, so yes, in the combination of I have this big partner in front of me, and this big partner wants upfront money from me um, for selling my my products. Um, that could be that could be a good idea as long as your margin allows for it, right? Um, if you're giving away more than your margin, which I suspect is the case in in, in Lemonade at the moment, I don't think they have the 16% margin on their business that they're giving away to GC at the moment. I guess they have a ton of, of optimization measures in in their in their backpack that they want to implement, and then hopefully after time they get a much bigger margin than 16%. Um, but we're basically talking about a 85% combined ratio that you need for the Lemonade deal. Um, excluding uh, excluding sales costs, right? So uh, you only add up the the cost for claims, claims management, claims handling, and and other administration costs, IT and stuff. So you'd you'd stay you need to stay well below eighty five percent combined ratio, excluding sales cost of sales, in order to make that deal meaningful in long run. So yes, you need you need these opportunities, I guess. Plus you need um, a, a profitable business. Um, so that you, you're, going to, you're going to give away all of your margin or more, actually more than all of your margin. That's, that's I guess that's one situation. The other situation we just we just talked about, if you have the, the if there's a, the need for cash for whatever reason, you want to make an acquisition or, or or buy back shares or whatever, whatever could be the reason. If you need a lot of cash now, you don't have it. You know, this is um, as, as, as any loan basically is, a, is an opportunity to, to get, cash in now, which again, you have to repay plus interest rate later. But if you need it now for a special opportunity, 
um, or I don't know, a, a penalty from the regulator to pay a penalty from a regulator. There could be many things where you need cash that, that it's not laying around because it's bound, especially in life and health insurance, as it's, you can't you just can't spend off the of the assets. So that could be another situation where this could make sense though, and, and to capture the one-off effect, basically, of, mm -hmm. of this liquidation, right? Um, if you want to show some positive PL effects, because you say, you know, is the, the, the CAC is typically is is that is cost. So you can't can't defer the cost, defer the cost. So if you want to kind of you know kind of clean up your brighten up your your PDL, um that could be a, a reason again five years later that that that's gonna haunt you and let's say you want to sell your business on based on on, on very positive PDL numbers and the potential buyer doesn't get the trick um then that could be a that could be a reason um but yes I mean it's it's it, and, and Nick you and I have discussed uh, leaving debt um to your organization and your successors quite quite many times on this on this podcast and you know this is this is another form of debt you know it's not environmental debt which we talked about it's not um it's it's not organizational debt which we talked about it, it is financial debt again you know if you stop growing your customer acquisition costs in on your balance sheet in your PL will be higher than today because you you know your partner will require interest rates um and you don't pay those interest rates today to google and, and facebook so you leave debt to whoever is uh, comes after you and and I think it, it it comes back to you know debt. I would I would say the truth about debt is probably somewhere between the the German and the Anglo-Saxon view about <laughs> about debt, right? Um, where you know probably consumptive debt is not a smart move. Investment debt can. Yeah. Um, and the the problem is that um, in reality it's sometimes not clear what it is. Um, but so as with anything, um, to finance, to finance growth, to to also, you know, if you have good data about cross-selling and upselling, um, better than others, but you 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 need to make sure that you understand the mechanics behind it, um, and that after you know, let's let's leave um, one-off effects, PNL balance sheet effects, which can make again could be one-off effects, could make huge differences about refinancing or lots lots of other things. Um, aside, you just need to, you know, there's, there's, there's interest to be paid and that needs to be earned. Otherwise, um, you are um, just leaving, make, make sure that there's something of substance left behind. Um, and then it's okay that the debt can be paid off from, <laughs> you know, it's basic. Mm. In the case of Lemonade, I mean, it, it sounds like they want to have the one-off effect, the intermediary effect. Um as they they don't have the margin yet to to give away those sixteen percent. I I mean I guess um, looking at the at the balance sheet and the P and L, um, and and actually they they they, they slowed down growth right. So they're not in an exponential growth stadium anymore. I, I know they used to be, but from from whatever I read from from the Michelle letters is they actually slowed down growth. So they're actually in in this phase where this can actually haunt you um, pretty pretty soon. And so I guess you know, I, they they probably in danger of of you know their their regulatory capital is so much reduced that the regulator comes and says i need more capital and they're probably with the current valuation they don't want to get go back to the capital market and 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 raise it another round of equity and so i guess it's it's the it's the short-term effect that lemonade is after um once they then increase their numbers um and get their loss or their combined ratio excluding cac down to below let's say 70 percent or so 
then I think that could make sense and then have growth opportunities in front of them. Then it could make sense in the longer run. But I, from, from what I see from the outside, that, that it seems to be the capturing of the short-term effect more than, than anything else. Did you find just out of, out of interest, did you, because um, from an insurer who works across multiple channels, agents, brokers, you know, you have the ongoing, uh, let, let's remain PNC, right? Okay. Um, where you have the ongoing, you know, per perpetual uh, commission. Um, and then you compare it with the direct channel and you're trying to make these things comparable. And it's really hard because they're not comparable. Um, could this even be an instrument, at least internally, to make these things a little bit more comparable? So you make sure that you're not over or under funding of your direct channel, because I, I, I get the, you know, I, I get the feeling that it's, it's just hard to compare these things. Um, and I don't even know whether the direct channel is over or under underburdened by the comparative, let's say, risk-free nature of growth. But it's 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 not really risk. It's in a way it's risk-free upfront, but it's then perpetual. So it can be really expensive, and and that that could even be an instrument internally to make these things comparable, because they're not. Absolutely, and um, in the end, it's the 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 KPI you're measuring this with is is probably the the internal rate of return. Which in theory is infinite on the on the broker channel because you don't pay anything up front, so you know you divide it by mm. zero, so that makes it infinite. It's not really true because you have to obviously you know yeah, there's there's risk capital, regulatory capital, and there's there's you know back office to be built if you grow. Um, but but I mean that's basically it. I mean it's that that's why for for insurance companies for a long time um, um, PNC business has been has had a super high internal rate of return if you only calculate it on the CAC. Right? Um, obviously, there's more. There's more to calculate it on. Um, there is. A, there's other investments than CAC. But if you purely base it on CAC, that's a that's that's a very good business in terms of IR. You can actually grow. You you can you can take any growth opportunity as long as your regulatory capital and and, and your your back office is is doing the job. Uh, but yeah, you, I mean, PNC insurers can if if it's not upfront payments can can take any opportunity to grow, uh, which life and health insurance traditionally cannot. Um, and and uh, now PNC insurance, which you know Geico or so, which which go mainly through through um, customer acquisition costs upfront, they cannot as well. But yes, I mean that's that's the that's the that's a way to come to 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 move those two almost business models closer to each other and to compare them. Absolutely. Um, was there anything that you felt we didn't cover judging this topic before we we kind of wrap up? No, I think that's that's covered it very well. Um, there's there's tons of things to say, obviously, and, and we can go go in so much detail. But uh, I think it's 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 we, we got the concept, I guess. Awesome. And we, re and we reduced the synthetic agent to what it really is, which is CAC financing. Awesome. And as usual, you know, everyone who's listening is is invited to to comment to to engage, um, and and you'd love to hear your your thoughts and experience um, about this topic. But for now, thank you very much for listening. Oli, thank you so much for sharing. Um, this is clearly not something that you've uh, read up over the weekend. Um, it's something you had some experience in. And, and thanks a lot for, for, for sharing your two cents on this. And um, everyone have a lovely day.